The Gun Dog Notebook Podcast is presented to you by Onyx Hunt, crafted to be the number one digital mapping resource for hunters, anglers, and landowners. Download the Onyx Hunt app from your phone's app store today and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off your Onyx subscription. If you want to get the most of your dog and your training sessions, you need nutrition that holds nothing back. Yukonuba's new premium performance lineup is built with the nutrients dogs need to help unleash their maximum potential. That starts with providing energy that matches their efforts, supporting optimal nutrient delivery, and supporting post-exercise recovery. Check out the new Yukonuba premium performance lineup and find your dog's fuel at yukonubasportingdog.com. All right, and I also want to say thank you and give a special shout out to my newest sponsor, AYA Fine Guns. A fine shotgun is itself a work of art as individual as its owner. Why choose an AYA? Well, every AYA gun is handmade uh, by our master gun makers with meticulous attention and precision. Each constituent part is carefully shaped and little by little, the parts come together until a perfect hole is created. Barrel, action, locks, trigger, stock, forend. An AYA gun is a marvel of gun making engineering, a coming together of perfectly fitted and calibrated parts to ensure an unequaled experience with a reliability and longevity which defy the passing of time. Choose AYA today. All right, and then one of my last title sponsors, Trinity Kennels, Trinity Bretons. Um, guys, thank y'all for, for those that put deposits down at Trinity Bretons. I've, y'all have reached out to me and let me know how, how convinced and, and confident y'all are in their breedings um, of Epignol Bretons. Um, at Trinity Bretons, they strive to raise, train, and, produce, and reproduce all that are excellent uh, representations of the breed, both in field and confirmation over the past 30 years. They've continued to study, learn, and implement all that they can do into their breeding program and philosophy, as well as their training program. Um, it culminated in being awarded the National Elevage winner in the 2020 CBUS National Conclave and Field Trial in South Carolina. So check out Trinity Batons today, guys. Thank you so much. guys welcome back to another episode of the gun dog notebook podcast all right not gonna lie to you i've recorded this episode about two times over i was supposed to get it out last night and i didn't um i just didn't like the way that it came out um you know some of the stuff that i was saying matter of fact just didn't i just didn't like the way it was coming out um so i'm going back over it um so I want to kind of briefly, you know, just share a New Year's resolution, um, you know, that I've kind of got in my mind. And and that being it being something, something that's actually really important to me, but I guess kind of the way I started before and I've on and off done it as, as I've gotten more developed with this podcast. But 
I simply want to just start with with sharing more of my own gun dog notebook thoughts and insights and things like that with the listeners. Um, you know, I, I I have it, and obviously I write a lot and things like that. But I I want to make sure that I'm staying on top of this being a you know still a very journalistic endeavor. Um, you know, as I sit here, I got my son right here with me, Mr. Avery Charles. Um, and I think about, you know, him and, and hopefully he, he understands kind of where I was coming from. Uh, maybe one day if he gives us a listen. So, you know, it's just something I want to be mindful of as far as sharing some stuff with you guys. Um, you know, just some of my random notes. Like I, I've, I've, I've started to transition to legal pads. Matter of fact, because I just, I do write so much, and my gun dog notebooks, I, I'm burning through them things. Um, so when I'm at home, I, I kind of keep the legal pads on, uh, in wealth in good supply. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I like, I'm looking through it now. And some of the notes and things like that um, that I had, I wanted to kind of, you know, kind of go and talk a bit about. Um, I also want to encourage you guys to go check out, you know, some of my recent works um, in this latest issue of Project Upland magazine. Um, I've got a piece called um, A New Hat. And uh, y'all know I like hats and collecting them and things like that. And I was able to weave that into the story into a story um, an article about field trialing and the future of field trialing so check that out and i also thought it was dope and it was gold made by um like the article was made gold by being blessed with chris mathens for photography you know accompanied with it um i've always really 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 enjoyed her photography um she's a good friend of of mine and and periodically we uh we we Every so often we, we, we get on the phone and have a good time and chat. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to have someone's work, you know, support my writing, you know, someone like Chris Mathen, who I did and still do refer to as far as her website stride away and, and, and the great articles that are, uh, you know, that are there. There's also some stuff on on gate that I really want to, you know, kind of get into on the back end of this episode. Um, you know, something that we're I'm kind of thinking about. So I'll pull this up on the back end of the episode. Um, but, you know, like here's the thought like here. Here's one another thought from uh, from my gun dog notebook, though. I said Anne is coming along very nicely. And I look forward to developing her to truly hunt hard and long term uh, throughout the duration of my guided hunts. But all in all, um, and was that nudge for me to really commit to breeding nice class dogs. Um, and I technically already started a waiting list. And I was excited. And, I, and, and it continues. The note still continues to say, even during COVID, I've still in a way been able to go to church. It's just church in the woods is all. I've been in the piney woods more times than I can think of this season. Um, and so it's like going to the sanctuary, walking the aisles, um, the aisles of the, the piney woods with, 
you know, a gun that I think respects the nature and the elegance and the, the allure of the woods, this, this little AYA-410. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about some um, in this episode as well. You know, it's it's what I consider a quail man's gun. And, uh, you know, AYA was so kind to send me this shotgun for the film that uh, Austin and... Austin and Adam are going to uh, to recap. So, you know, I, I'm I'm just really excited to see where this film goes. You know, with Project Upland, I'm I'm really 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 excited. Um, and there's a lot to be said for the experiences that we discuss on uh, this episode. So. I, I think we're probably about four or five months out from production the way that I understand it. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't, I don't see it being a film that's around the corner, but again, who knows? AJ works super hard to edit and get films done. So let me not stick my foot in my mouth. Um, what I will say is just kind of stay in tune for, for that. So just, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, that there is two films coming out. We got one for Project Upland and one for Onyx that I've been working pretty diligently on on the back end of the back half of this season. Um, so anywho, we got coming up um, Austin from Inclusive Productions and uh, Adam from A Field Media uh, sitting here and 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 joining join they joined me in a hunt while they were filming and things like that. And and there's some insights that we all were able to get, uh, you know, by the end of the trip. And it was really just kind of awe-inspiring. So stay tuned, guys, and, and and here's the episode. And we are back with another episode of the Gun Dog Notebook podcast on the other side of the new year, 2021. Um, and we got these two gentlemen, Adam and Austin, so just so we have an idea, uh, guys, introduce yourselves for me. Um, we'll start with with uh, Austin. Introduce you guys yourselves, and and let's talk about, I guess, the role or what you guys were doing um, this past weekend on the trip. We were working on the Project Upland film, so let's talk about that. Let's start with Austin first. Yeah, so I'm Austin. I'm uh, from South Louisiana. Uh, avid waterfowl hunter. Uh, which we'll dive into a little bit deeper <laughs> on today's podcast. But uh, I own and operate a uh, video and photo production company, uh, Inclusive Productions, and uh, I work with Project Upton uh, pretty pretty frequently. Um, I guess up until up until uh, uh, last week, it was uh, last week was my first actual shoot with Project Upland, but. Uh, AJ and I have, have worked together on a couple different things, but uh, never actually got to, uh, you know, go in the field and, and shoot a full episode for him. So, uh, okay, definitely, definitely an eye-opening experience that uh, that I'll that I'll definitely remember, but uh, exciting nonetheless. And, uh, it, it was exciting, and I'm I'm glad I was with Darrell, and I was glad I was with you on there. And, uh, I think it was fun. I think it's got to turn around to be a good one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, we did say that it was going to be a dang good time. Um, oh, yeah. when, when, when we first got introduced. So we're going to talk a little more about your duck hunting, though. So, you know, because y- y'all are lazy duck hunters out there, man. We had to put some boot leather to the ground. 
<laughs> so, Adam, what what's going on, buddy? Bring bring us on in. Yeah. So my name's Adam Peck. I'm from uh, Buford, Georgia, um, and I'm co-founder of A Field Media, um, which is a media production and marketing company um, within just like the outdoor industry, essentially. And uh, I've been on this crazy freaking trip, uh, Project Upland, working on Project Upland to recreate a book uh, called A Hunter's Road. Um, so I'm essentially just circumnavigating the U.S. and living in my truck like a vagabond and uh, and hunting. And, and I just happened to, you know, uh, cross paths with, uh, you know, the, the timing worked out to be able to come to Thomasville with you and, and meet up with Austin mm-hmm. and and take some photos like you know it's just and then tell some stories and that's really that's really all that i have to, to offer is just telling stories and, and mashing a, a shutter button yeah yeah well first and foremost let's just let's just cut to it y'all both of y'all are the most drivingest folks i've never seen austin you <laughs> drove from louisiana all the way here and adam i don't think you don't have a house you've been on the road the whole hey. time yeah, I've been on the road since August 25th, so I mean, I've been driving a little bit. I bet <laughs> I, Austin drives way more than I do. We were comparing like mileage this year, and like he's crushing. <laughs> really? No, yeah, I, 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 I have a, I have a 2018 GMC Sierra. I've got I'm looking at it now, 172,000 miles on it, and uh, I, I put some miles on the truck. God, boy, I tell you. So this is this is what it takes to get into birds, to meet folks in the uplands. It takes gas, gas mileage. Um, And I think that's an important thing. I really do think that's an actual important um, component to getting into in the birds. I mean, we had just to kind of preface the weekend, we had a lot of ups. I think we had more good and we had bad but i think we can mutually agree that first day gave everybody a run oh yeah <laughs> no yeah it was you know it was one of those one of those days just like in the uplands they're just like oh like this is the day yeah. this is the day that's going to test me of you know what what does it really mean to be an upland hunter mm-hmm. what does y'all, it mean to broke, be an upland Y'all, y'all broke the waterfowl guy in just like <laughs> yeah oh man i was so happy that that was how it went honestly like i you couldn't ask her for real i don't i would love that like get your point of view but like man i couldn't ask for a better day for like having a waterfowler come out in the field and then just he was wearing extra tough like not walking shoes <laughs> and like sidka pants going through like really heavy like really heavy thorns. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was the it was the greatest. Like that was the best way. And then like we saw one covey at like ten o'clock. Uh-huh. Like, oh, what a great way to break somebody in! Like it was so good. I great, love great, great way to story. break him in. Just, just garble him. Just a good garble. <laughs> oh my god, it was so good. I was like, man, this is the best. Like, I'm so happy. I I I got to agree, man. Austin, you went through the same thing. And I didn't do it on purpose. I promise you. I promise you. But like you went through the one thing that we all go through. We all hate it, but you got to go through it. You got to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I get it. And, you know, being being just, just a, I think you can look at this as broad as you want or, or as far as detailed as you want. But, you know, as a hunter in general, you know, it's not all going to be, you know, 
obviously killing or it's not all going to be successful days in the field or it's not all going to be easy. Um, but even on the bad days and even on the, you know, I wouldn't even call that a bad day. You know, on, on the days that you don't, you don't exactly get what you hope for, uh, you still, you know, have a great time. And, 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 and there was lots of laughs that day and lots mm-hmm. of jokes. And, you know, it, it's still a, a, a very productive and fun day. Uh, even on a, a on a not so good day, you know, and, and that's what I, you know, that's what I enjoy about it. You know, whether you are a, a waterfowl hunter or, or 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 an upland hunter, you know, what I learned quickly is, you know, there are some similarities. There's there's quite a few differences now, but yeah. uh, but but still still a lot of similarities that you know all of us can share just as 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 outdoorsmen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, man. We, when you're on birds, you know, you're, you're basically moving at the pace that nature wants you to move at. Um, and that first day, man, like it just, it was there. And honestly, man, I was so sure that we were going to see way more birds. I I really was like, I, I, (laughs) and y'all know it, man. I came out there, man, with my chest out and just, I just knew that we were going to get into birds. And I think what did we start about? We started about what eight about eight o'clock. Yeah, you you up on hunters like to get a late start, drink a cup of tea in the morning. Oh, oh man, yeah. I dude, I was, you guys showed up to that spot, and I was still in my underwear in my truck. Like <laughs> you guys, like literally, I was drinking my cup of coffee in my underwear, no shirt on. And like, and then I see both of you guys roll up and I'm like, oh, hell, I've got to like, get going. You guys said eight o'clock. You guys showed up like 715. Darrell's like eternally late, like being at places. So yep. I was like, oh. he said eight o'clock. So I've got 845. Like, I'm good. And hey, like, look, nah, you, that, did you, not you can't tell the secret, man. Don't nobody need to know. If I say something, I'm going to be late. Like, I, it does not matter. I am going to be late. Because the first time we hunted together, I was late. Like... And anybody yeah. that comes out with me knows if I say eight o'clock, it's gonna be eight thirty. Yeah, and it, you were you you were like not only on time, like you were ahead of schedule. So I'm <laughs> literally like sitting there drinking my cup of coffee, like in my underwear, like petting my dog, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What the hell? Like I've got to get these pants on. I got to go talk to these people. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what an idiot." Mm-hmm. That was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. So. Let's let's start from 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 ground zero. I want to know what you got. I would really like to know where y'all's minds were when we got started, because, Adam, you yeah, I mean, you've hunted, you grew up hunting, you grew up field trialing. And, and I want to get that perspective as well um, from you in Austin. I mean, you use fresh off the boat, man. Like there was no expect or there was no direction as far as yeah. like what we were doing. So let's start with Austin and then Adam, let's weave in your experiences growing up and how that translated to that weekend. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, again, if, if I didn't say it enough, I'm primarily water. Uh, uh, so, so going on this upland hunt was definitely, my, it was my first upland hunt, uh, you know, hunting in general, whether, whether it be with a gun or a camera, this was my first time on an upland hunt, mm-hmm. uh, and coming to Georgia just to hunt in general, you know, you know, it just—it was an experience for me in itself. So, uh, you know, I get there, we're setting up, and the sun—the the sun is already, you know, the sun's up in the sky, and we're airing the dogs, and we're taking our time, and uh, it's just a 
a whole different uh, whole different experience than, than what I, I you know I really didn't know what to, what to expect you know so um, you know right then and there you know when we when we duck hunt we're, we're in the boats you know we're running at dark we're running off the moonlight uh, running against you know right on you know the tree lines and just using skylight or you know a light bar every now and then if you if you if you're down a dark canal or whatnot and uh, you know it's, it's quite different you're setting up decoys and, and you're doing everything in the dark and, and you're waiting on that on that you know 30 minutes before sunrise you know for us to kind of go from go from uh, from that to you know just kind of a different approach you know even it's not even just a hunt it's the getting ready and it's the uh, you know, obviously the attire, as Adam said, I showed up in extra stuff, like ready to, ready to walk. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so, so thankfully for Adam, he gave me some, some chats that he had, uh, he had in his truck and, you know, I, I, I laced up what I had and, and, and was as prepared as I could be with, with, with not only the attire that I had, but the, you know, the, the camera setup that I had, you know, I was talking to, talking to you i think it was a couple of days before just trying to figure out what, what would be the best setup for, for what we're doing and, and that's a that's a learning curve in, in itself you mm-hmm. know just how do i carry this 15 20 pound camera you know that this, 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 you know i'm carrying a red through the woods it's like you know how do you do that effectively to where you're not you know you, you, you're being most productive with, with what you got um so for me it's just a, a whole learning experience and, and, and you know we took off in the woods and you know there i was you know just kind of Following, following along with you, and kind of. Luckily, I had Adam there who shoots a lot of up and stuff, and he said, "Look, you know, if you, you kind of walk diagonal instead of just, you know, I was getting a lot of shots from from behind from you, and I, and I wanted some up front, you know. So I started kind of cutting diagonals, you know, kind of long diagonals and shooting back towards you, uh, mm-hmm. which was a little bit more productive and and, and had some interesting shots, so and perspectives and whatnot. So definitely, again, definitely eye opening to. Mm-hmm. Um, how different of an approach I had to take uh, just to just to be successful in, in, in what I needed to capture. Right, right. Now, <laughs> Austin, you looked at Vegas like, what the hell is wrong with your dog? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that that dude had that dude had some some amp to him, bro. I mean, it, I mean, he was on that he was on that tile just just eating dirt, you know, ready ready to go. Like you know, like let me off of this thing, let me go, you know. It, what I, what I thought was like, you know, what I thought was crazy. Again, I'm, I'm so green to the fact, but as soon as you let them off and, and they, they start hunting, you know, where we were going, you know, and you start, you know, with your vocalizations and everything, I, I think Adam even made fun of me. You know, I'm, I'm micing you up. I'm like, you know, you have any calls or anything that's going to be in the way? It's like, <laughs> no, man, like that, that, you know, that's the vocalizations you use to talk to your dogs and call your dogs and turn your dogs. I mean, it's, it's all a, in every aspect, again, whether you look at it on a grand scheme of things or, or, or very detailed, it, it's so different, um, but also still has some similarities with it. That, I mean, that's my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So Adam, let's, let's weave in your personal experiences because you and your father grew up horseback field trialing and, and, and yeah. how has that, how did, how did that kind of translate to, getting down here yeah i mean yeah there's there's like there's so many different personal experiences that i've had um you know and and one being like you know i talked i i kind of talked to austin like we had texted a little bit before coming out and i wish i would have known that he was just a straight waterfowler and hadn't done any um upland hunting videography or photography um so i would get like so my business partner is 
historically just like a waterfowl guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and this year I introduced him to the uplands and it was like the same learning curve, um, that, that Austin went through. And I was like, man, I wish I could have just told him all of this knowledge. I now know that like waterfowlers don't like, like he could, I should have told him to not like my business partner asked me if he would be good hunting stage grouse and cowboy boots. And it's like, absolutely, like, absolutely (laughs) not, man. Like you need hiking boots. Like you're going to be walking 20 miles a day. Uh Um, So it's just like, even those little personal experiences um, like that, like Austin, I'm so sorry you didn't know. Like I'm so sorry, bro. Like, like hey, I'm. We can like, just thank AJ for that. Yeah, I know, dude. I, bro, I was. I felt so sorry. I was like, oh my god. I like. I know what I should have told him if I would have known this. Mm-hmm. Um, but but no, it's you know I I have yes. I so so to answer your question, I was like, yeah, we my family we did my my dad. He's a first generation hunter, um, and actually the reason he got into hunting was because the book a hunter's road that I'm recreating. And that's, you know, the whole reason I'm on this trip mm-hmm. that I'm on. I want you to talk um, about that some too. We're going to get there, but go ahead. Okay. So, so, you know, it, but we got in, you know, in the Southeast, there's there. What I'm now learning is that there actually is, um, a lot of hunting opportunities in the Southeast, uh, upland hunting opportunities. Um, but growing up the, 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 the your everyday hunter, they, they, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is, it is limited, but there is a lot of, a lot of opportunities. I guess it's kind of confusing, but, um, to people that don't know the Southeast, but, um, so we got into field trialing and that was how I experienced hunting for the first part of my life was just through, was through field trialing. Um, and, and now I experience hunting in a different way. Uh, and, and I, and I think every way is valid, right? So something Darrell that you and I talked about a lot, um, in the field and out of the field is that I, I truly do believe that, um, that everybody experiences hunting in their own way. Um, and there's no right way and there's no wrong way. Right. Um, as long as you're out there enjoying yourself in the outdoors and in respecting the outdoors, I mean, obviously there's a wrong way to respect the outdoors, but, um, but I, I truly believe there's there's no right way, there's no wrong way. If you enjoy you know field trials, then then that's the way you love hunting. Right. Um, and so you know, for me, I understood where where like I we had in, until the the day or the week or yeah the week before we had never hunted together. We had talked a ton, never met in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew from from your pot from the podcast and and from your social media is like how you, how you enjoy it, how you experience hunting is, you know, you're not shooting birds off of unpointed, um, unpointed birds Mm -hmm. and you're, um, and you're not, your dog is walking at heel, uh, your, your flushing dog, your, your lab is walking at heel. And, um, because you have pointing dogs that are out there working and you want good dog work. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, I went into the experience understanding that. So like I wasn't running my dog, but I have a serviceable lab at best. Um, that just, he's a meat dog, man. Like he just hunts, um, and he's not going to wait for, for, for us to tell him to go flush the bird. He's just going (laughs) to go for it. Um, so, you know, like I'm, you know, and, and I don't want to impose upon, upon your hunting. So, uh, uh, impose upon the way that you experience and love hunting. So, but you know, I'm not running my dog and, and that's always a bit different for me to not run my dog. Um, but I knew that like this, this wasn't my show. Like this weekend was about, telling your story and, and photographing you. Um, and so you and you and Austin, 
um, you know, Austin's journey is just as important as yours as well. And, and I think Absolutely. we all agree that all of our stories are important Absolutely. Um, in, in our journey. So, so, yeah, I was just there to capture the photos. And that's kind of how it all came about is that I was just in the right place at the right time. And, man, I, I can honestly say that that was one of the uh, the most memorable experience. I've been on the road for since August 25th, and that was one of the most memorable experiences of a weekend that, that I've had, you know, with, with, with you, but then also, you know, the way you think the doors that you opened for me while I was down there well, thank um, you. to then to do some other great things. Like, man, that was, hey, I, I'm smiling ear to ear thinking about it. It was, it was just an amazing experience. And, and that's such a great culture down there that it was great to get back to my roots in, in the Southeast. Well, I, I appreciate it. I'm glad y'all had a good time, man. Cause I was, it, it's tough, right? Like trying to, it's one thing if I'm going out there by myself, which majority of the time I hunt by myself, I've got a handful of buddies that, you know, when it, when it works out, we get out there. Um, my buddy, Craig, my buddy, Shane, Sam, uh, Henry, like when it, when it, when it, when it's convenient, we get out there, but nine times out of 10, um, I hunt by myself and it just, it's just my dogs. And, and Adam, I was telling you, Hell, we ain't known each other, but a, a a couple of about a month and some change, couple of months, and I was like, I don't hunt it with you more than I hunt it with a with most other people this season. You know, yeah, I, <laughs> I, and, and I agree. I mean, I've been I've been traveling, and and there's only there's only two or three other people that I would say the same thing. Of like, man, it's it is it's crazy how you can you know meet somebody and just uh, and mesh with them, and you don't it, it, we you and I talked about it in the car. Uh, driving somewhere was you there's you meet people and you hunt with them one time and like it was a great experience but like I don't know I didn't really mess with them and like mm-hmm. didn't really enjoy hunting with him mm-hmm. um, and, you know you, you just don't hunt with them again and you know I, I, I felt as if the first when we first hunted I was like man that's somebody I'm gonna hunt with a lot throughout my life right um, not you know not just like within the next couple of weeks but like within my life, I'm going to hunt a lot with this guy. Absolutely. Um, he's going to become a good friend of mine. And, you know, and then we ended up meeting up the next weekend. Yep. Um, and, and you text me, you're like, I'm going to be in Thomasville. Like, this is where we're going to be. Come on. And I'm like, heck yeah, dude. Like I'm freaking down. Let's go. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, that meant a lot to me to have somebody, you know, it speaks a lot of just like the, the person, um, that you're hunting with that's like you invite him back so it was like a great compliment to me to be to be invited back wow. and especially on a project like this like this is a a super powerful project that i'm often crushed like yeah, as i 1000 like, agree with that yes sir holy hell like it's gonna be it's gonna be powerful the quality is gonna be great like oh it's gonna be so good i'm mm-hmm. so excited to watch the end product and um and yeah, it's just, it, your, your story is so great. So I'm you know, excited. I was just excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like I get, I was nervous as all get out, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it's, it's one of those things. Like it's a situation where Austin, you know, you and I had talked about it, but I didn't really have a, like, I kind of had a general idea of kind of like, okay, like if this opens up, then we can do this. And if this doesn't yeah. work, oh shit, what do we do? Yeah. And that was really the first day. Like, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, and, and I and I do believe things work out the way that they are supposed to. Um, I don't believe in coincidence. I think that everything lined up the way it was supposed to, and the, and it made 
the journey, it made the story, it made the trips that much more significant. But and, and I want to start to break that down some. Um, but one thing, Austin, I would like to get your like, what did you think about Thomasville? Like just everything that was there, the, the landscape, the people, you know, the folks that you met, like what what was your perspective? And then, Adam, I want to get yours. I think Thomasville has has a lot to offer in a, in a, in a sense. Uh, it was definitely my first time to South Georgia. Any of my travels have always brought me to Atlanta, mm-hmm. most of which I'm just traveling through. Uh, so Thomasville was definitely unique in which uh, I kind of had the idea. And once I asked you about it, it was like, oh, okay, it makes sense. And I was like, I've never, I've never been to a town where like so much of the town is involved or, or, or I don't want to say based upon uh, just like the, 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 whether it be the bird dog community or just the outdoor kind of community. Uh, hell, we stopped at a liquor store, you know, that had a, a pointing dog on it. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and, you know, the, the, the gas station I stopped, stopped by its logo was like a, a quail. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you know, so much around just the, the, the upland, community which i was again I, i'm very green to so being there and experiencing that was definitely eye-opening in itself to notice you know wow okay you know it's not just a couple guys that you know hunt every now and then like this, this whole community um is is very rich with 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 not only history which which we we definitely found out but also just rich with with stories to tell and and, and experiences and and like I'm sure we're going to talk about later on, um, all of the stories are, are so cherished, especially to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then being able to highlight those, like you said, could we have planned exactly what we did? No, I don't think so. Uh, so coming to Thomasville, kind of being not not knowing what to expect, but then getting the opportunity to, to highlight the guys like Neil and the guys like Terry, that's where I excel. And, and, and my production is where I get put on an opportunity and I see it in, in, in a creative, but also I, I see it in a certain way. And, and I just, I, I, I really thrive and I, I really like to highlight it in, in, in a very unique way. Uh, and Thomasville just offered so much of that. Um, and that's what I really think is it's not only special about Thomasville, but what's really going to be special about your story. Uh, I, I really think it's going to be something different and uh, very unique. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Now, what, what, what you think about that old Neil, man? <laughs> I think you were laughing before you got out the truck. <laughs> yeah, it's because so we, we always clown each other. You. I was like, hold on, let me, let me, let me mic you up. I gotta get this. I mean, he was, he was walking down the stairs of his house, like already, he was already clowning you. He was already, he was already <laughs> laughing. When he was walking down the like, hold up, I, I, I gotta get, I gotta get you mic'd up. I, I gotta get this because again. That that is that tells a story in itself, you know, and that that is what again I think not only the outdoors can do do for us, but you know it connects so many people. And whether it be Neil's field trial experience or, or Neil's you know knowledge on on on, on you know the, the the wildlife aspect of things and hunting and, and, and you know uh, doing what he does with the ground for for training purposes, but also for hunting that that I learned about. I mean it. it to me, it's special. To me, it's awesome, and that that was definitely something I had to highlight. So, uh, I think I think I recorded my, my longest clip was at Neil's house because I just I, I didn't stop it. I just kept it recording, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is which 
is awesome. You know, seeing you know him opening his house to us, uh, especially with the given conditions, and yep. seeing all the dogs, and seeing you know, you know him explaining all, all the different variables to us. I mean, that that was really interesting. And, and, and uh, the, the the notebook that he gave us that that I'm sure we'll will release. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but uh, yeah, definitely yeah. definitely going to be talked about in the film. I mean, that that's just I know how 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 cherished that is in itself. You know, so for him to just open up and and tell us about that, but still have humor, humor right along with it. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was, that was, that was an awesome experience. Yeah. You know, he's the kind of guy I could definitely see, you know, next time I'm, I'm in the area, not only am I going to, you know, hope, hope to get a hunt in with you, but I, I would love to go meet, you know, and, and, and sit down with Neil and, and have lunch or, or yeah. maybe, you know, hopefully, hopefully go check out, see what kind of dogs he's got in his kennel then. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Out, out, out of all of them dogs, man, every last one of them is bringing something to the table. Um, and that was one thing that I really wanted to harp on when we when 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 I was when we were doing the interviews is like, you know, these dogs is is we don't deal with them, I, and I, I don't want to sound like you know hoity toity my nose in there, but we just what we're looking for in our dogs is significantly different than anything that I've seen um, anywhere else, or you know. Um, you know, and, and we can get into that, you know, more, but, and I actually, um, that book, I'm actually going to go through one, one, uh, like the first page. Cause I think it really opens up. Um, I think it really opens up kind of the whole vibe of like, like how Thomasville is set up. So in it, um, there was a piece in that book and I, and I'm going to, I'm going to fly through it. And then Adam, we'll, we'll, we'll continue with you, but it's like the first few chat, few pages and, and is written by a gentleman named Tom word and Tom word. He's a field trial reporter, writer, so on and so forth. But in that book, he says, he says, there's none other like it, none so colorful or splendid in its setting or faithful to its values and traditions. It is the owner's trial of the Georgia Florida Field Trial Club, which celebrated its hundredth uh, anniversary on anniversary on President's Day, two thousand sixteen. The club membership is comprised of owners and some seventy plantations in the Quail Belt, the fertile region between Albany and Tallahassee. The region contains one of the last refuges of wild quail and longleaf pine in the eastern United States. It's a land where for a century and a third landowners have spared no effort or expense to preserve and enhance the nature bountifully um, and enhance what nature bountifully provided and to celebrate the Bob white quail, how these owners and forebearers came to own the lands is a story for another day, but how they and their progeny have kept them pristine and productive and protected them from the development or protected them protected from development. Sorry, is the story of the club. And that story is celebrated each year with the only owner's trial. So basically that right there, that piece of, of that, those two paragraphs in the book pretty much broke down how Thomasville is built. I know when we were driving Austin, like, and Adam, you're probably very, 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 actually, I know you're familiar with kind of how the landscape of Thomasville is, but dude, it's major plantations and them jokers are lined up back to back to back to back to back. Yeah. And, and Austin, no, that was something that I was trying to point out to you. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So Adam, what, what was your take on Thomasville, man? Man, I mean, growing up, I had heard about Thomasville, right? Um, 
as you mentioned, like my, my father, I, I grew up running field trials with him and, um, and, and going to some other plantations just through connections. Um, but you know, growing up hearing about Thomasville and like just hearing about, you know, like Kevin, right. The, mm-hmm. the shop down there. Um, and, and just, and just hearing about the culture that's down there. Um, I kind of had an idea of what I was heading down to. Um, but didn't truly, you know, it was still an absolute culture shock. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, as, as Austin said, you know, like the whole community is based around quail. Um, and, and I, I something I've, I've become more passionate about now after, you know, in the last two months has been this idea of, of land management for the quail um, and, and how much, in the community has invested in, in the in the quail like in the quail bird. Um, it's it, it just it's it's culture shock. It, it you can't explain it. I'm I'm trying to put it into words, but you just can't. Mm-hmm. Anybody that has never been there should should just go. Mm-hmm. Um, to to not if you, you can't even hunt, um, because it's not accessible to you. Like you should just go to to, to experience it and mm-hmm. and just observe the community. Mm-hmm. It, dude, it's wild, man. And and one of these days, we got to get y'all down there to um, the Black Handlers trial with the Georgia Florida Shooting Dog Handlers Club. Because, matter of fact, it, it, and we we bring up Neil and clowning each other. One of the reasons we was clowning each other because Neil more or less taught me. Neil was my inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like if I if if I think about kids looking up to Michael Jordan, you know what I'm saying? Kobe Bryant, stuff like that. Like little black kids do stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's, that's what happens when, especially when you grow up in the city of Atlanta, right? For me, Neil was that to me. And now that I got Vegas, oh, I, I had to sit my year out. Cause being a part of the club, like that first year, you got to sit out, you can't compete. And so I was, I, I spent that time getting Vegas, you know, ready Man, y'all don't think I had I was I was coming there to beat Neil. <laughs> he yeah, knew well, I was coming to beat him. Good, good luck, though. I like good luck. He we didn't even see his dog's work, but like you can just tell the way that he carries himself. Like, yeah. Yep. I think good. he has the I think, I think I think every time every time we open that book, you know, it was like well, here I am on this page. Here I am. At <laughs> yeah, this dude, I'm like, and, oh, and this is me and so and so. I'm like, golly, you know, like, you know, and you know, something that really, really stuck out to me was, you know, before we, it, there, the, the culture behind just that, like, as you said, down there, and like, is Neil and then, and Terry James Sr. and, and Terry James Jr. It's like, Man, the amount that those guys know about dogs is, and, and then just like the the culture, like the the history of down there, and the the history of the dogs, like the lineage uh, lineages of the dogs, like good if if they know that much about just the lineage of the dogs, like good luck beating them. Jeez, <laughs> like, holy hell! They're like singing to these dogs like in ancient dialects that like only they can they can understand because like it's that lineage it, I, I, they're not but it's like geez dude they know so much mm-hmm. they're good like 
and throughout your your dogs are great and like you're great. <laughs> Dude, holy shit, good fucking luck. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. Look, when I do, just like at uh, Austin got on me about shooting this old 14 on these quail, when I do, I'm just going to look back at you, okay? Yeah, hey, 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 you look back at it, all right? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> got it on camera. I was, I was, I was, I was waiting, you know. You know, it was kind of like a, it was like, it was like a pull in each direction. You know, I was hoping you would capitalize on there, you know, because Lord knows we needed it for the mm-hmm. film. But I was also hoping you were, you would slack up a little bit. I, I could get you on that. <laughs> I honestly, same here. I was like, man, that would be so funny. Yeah, like, yeah. It'd be so funny if you missed. Like, if you even if you just like you dropped a leg. Yeah. Like if you just like just dropped a leg and it went into that escape cover. If there was oh. no fight, if it went in that escape cover, like there was no fight. Yo, but them birds, uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the, the time where we actually got into the birds the second day. Um, give me two seconds, y'all. Let me go get my charger because I forgot it downstairs. Give me two seconds, okay? Oh, good. Adam, Wait. should we troll him? <laughs> hey, where, where are you headed? I'm actually, uh, I'm going hunting. I'm chasing these birds. So oh, I'm actually heck. headed to, uh, South, south, southeast of Louisiana. Okay. I got a buddy out there. He actually guides uh, Southern Adventures out of Venice, and uh, he found some. So I was able to change some things around. I actually, uh, I got Gypsy back from the vet. Uh, I was going to ask her talking about the other day. Yeah, she, she's doing fine. It ended up being just a, a UTI. Uh, okay. Nothing, nothing was swollen internally, so uh, we, we, you know, we ruled out everything else, but. Uh, Trying, trying to see what I can do. I, I hadn't ducked on a shoe probably in like a week, which is very, very, very odd to me. Uh, yeah. So, like we were just talking earlier, you know, putting more miles on the truck, but you know, we definitely we don't have them in the right field right, right, right now. So, and then go, go try and shoot them in the marshes and see what we can do. Did you guys have Martians down there? Say that again. Do you ever shoot Martians? What's your definition of a Martian? And that's multiple. That's multiple definitions where I'm from. <laughs> like a like a mar, like a Martian is like a thing. I think a Martian. Like I think it's like an actual like a bird. It's like a bird. It's like a Martian. Is that, is that something you upland guys talk about? No, dude. It's a waterfowl thing. I think. I don't know. Like people like actually eat them, but I think it's a thing. I don't know. If you're wrong, they're ugly. They're ugliest, man. Probably a probably a probably an upland term that you're using there. It's probably a, a galanu or a rail or some sort. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we that, that, that's what I like about down here. There's a sort of extremely diversified uh, amount of, of, of waterfowl and, and birds. You know, and very few places can you come down and, and shoot your limit and go out and catch some redfish and you know, yeah. cook, cook good food. And that the atmosphere down here is, I think, something that, uh, again, you know, not to go off topic, but I know we're all there right now, but, uh, you know, something I think everybody should experience at least once in their life. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I, I kind of flew through, I mean, I didn't kind of, I did blow through Louisiana. Um, and I, I wish I, sh- I, I shouldn't have, um, but I did. But need to, I wanted to get to Texas and, and there's, yeah, a couple of stuff, but. I mean, I can definitely come back. Like, I mean, it's not the big of a deal. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, 
with with the circumstances that I had at the time, we, we couldn't make it work. But well, I mean, just like just like I'm sure with the rail, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you're back over here, just just hit me up and we'll make yeah. something work. Absolutely, yeah. No, I mean, I would, yeah. It's just uh, I was like, damn, like I could definitely go hunt woodcock and redfish. But it was just, just like, oh man, you, I, there's so much stuff to do. And it's like I just need to like know that I have the rest of my life to do everything. So it's like, yeah, oh, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, I have money back. So it's fun. And then also like woodcock down there, I hear popping off. Yeah, they're they're, they're plenty of to get in on them. I uh, I got a couple guys that that do it, but uh, not for me. Not for me. I, I prefer the ducks. Right <laughs> here. All right, guys. So the entire time during the trip, we stayed fueled up with Yukonuba Sporting Dog, and 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 it carried my dog through the two days worth of hunting. And I was very impressed as usual. And also, guys, we stayed on track with the Onyx Hunt app, guys. So if you want it, if you're not a subscriber now, go and download the app and use my promo code GDN20 for 20% off at checkout. Let me let, let me pull y'all's y'all's leg into the next day since y'all want to talk about me missing shots. <laughs> yeah. Y'all want to talk about me missing shots. Um, first and foremost, so we didn't know what was gonna happen the next day. I we I really didn't because it was and 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 Terry, if y'all know no, that's my buddy. I mean, that's that is my ace. Ace in the hole, man. Like, and I hit Terry up as soon as we left, and I said, "Man, Terry type person. We he, I think he does it to mess with me. I'll, he'll be like, oh, you hunting that public land? Like, how many birds you get on, or how many coveys you get on?' And I was like, ah, oh, maybe one, two. I told him that day we only got on one, and he just bust out laughing. He just bust out laughing, and I and I said, well, how many did you get on, Terry? Because we know how you know. What I'm saying like we 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 know you about to embarrass my numbers, and he's like, oh yeah, I got on. What did he say? He got on like. 20 coveys in like 30 minutes or something like that. I was like, that, that's where we need to be. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was like 30 coveys in 20 minutes or something. Something wild like that, <laughs> man. <laughs> like, what? And also, dude, I don't know if it is. You're saying Terry, dude. Man, he's in the South. He's got two first names. It's Terry James. <laughs> <laughs> that that is a, a a a true Southern thing. Is two first names. Yes. <laughs> so the next day, we ended up going, and we we had a much later start because actually the the River Creek date ended on our first day, so we couldn't hunt. You know, we couldn't hunt that spot anymore. You know, hey, that day, don't, don't, you don't have to skim over the fact that we had a late start. You know, I know y'all, <laughs> y'all Auckland hunters, y'all like to sleep in, y'all, y'all like that beauty sleep. You know, you had to eat your breakfast and everything. So, okay, you know, also, we're, okay, we're saying we got a late start and we're blaming it on like the, we're blaming it on the, the not, you know, not knowing we were hunting or anything. What really friggin' happened, I found out, is that Darrell was up till 2 a.m. with Terry James and Aaron <laughs> shooting the shit around the fire. Oh, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. he told you. Terry a snitch. He a whole snitch. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he said, you guys are so up. Oh, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So, what what in the world did Terry tell y'all we was doing? He wasn't supposed to tell y'all that. <laughs> you guys got 
drunker than skunk. Stayed up, stayed up super late and had no idea what we were doing the next day. And you guys were like, you showed up hungover. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I was very hungover. Yes. That is Terry's fault. I just want it on the record that it, it was Terry's fault. Okay, it was not mine because I. What am I supposed to do? What do I? I don't turn down liquor. I went to Albany State yeah. University. We don't turn down liquor. Yeah. Also, I mean, like I say this, I'm giving you a hard time, man. I say Terry ends up. Me, Aaron, and 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 Terry James stayed up till like midnight, one o'clock, and we had to be at. We actually had to be hunting by eight o'clock <laughs> That dang Terry talked like his daddy, don't he? Dude, he does. You get him going, he's going. He going, he going. But that when I tell you, man, and y'all saw it, Terry is, I mean, the most hospitable, him and Aaron. Aaron hooked hooked me up. Like, I had never, that was the first time I was able to meet Aaron, his wife. Um, and he's told me about her, you know, plenty of times before. And, and I've been out with Terry. I met Terry at the Black Handlers trial um, in 2019. But um, when we did the Hard Day Riding film for Project Upland, matter of fact, that's where I met him. And so we've been friends ever since. And I mean, Aaron laid out, she cooked, you know what I'm saying? She made it, make sure everything was good. When we went and we were strategizing that night, we were and, and Terry was like, well, look, you know, we can shoot the interviews in my house. And they were going to literally flip that house to make oh, yeah. sure that we had everything that we need. Oh, yeah. and, that, and, I, and I think that's, that's a, you know, Again, whether you look at things as, as a big picture or, or, or detail, but uh, you know that that to me that 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 builds on Southern tradition and everything. But that also just builds on you know it, it goes much more beyond the, the, the hunting and the, and the killing and the you know the experiences in the outdoors. You know, it just to me it's, it's the fact that hunting can open the door to so many different connections and a network of people that I would never get to experience. I would never get to meet if it wasn't for that. So, um, I mean, Adam, I think Adam slept there. Uh, the one night I've got invited to go on a training session. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it, but, uh, I mean, offered, offered an open bed to me and, you know, offered me, me to sleep at their place and everything. I mean, that's just like, that's yeah. just a test of so much. Just like not only Terry as a person, but, you know, and, and them as a family, but, uh, just, you know, the, the Southern hospitality and, and the hunting community and, and everybody, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, it's definitely way beyond uh, what it looks like on the surface. And that, 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 I mean, that's what I love. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely, man. And, you know, I, I said this, I, I put it out on my, on my social media is like, I don't know how I ended up at that plant. Like at, at these, like at those places, like I had no business being like, I'm just this like lowly hunting photographer and writer. <laughs> and like how I ended up on that, on that plantation on the next day on the next plantation Mm-hmm. Um, you know, riding and like hunting off horseback, like what the hell? Like <laughs> why? Like why did I end up there? Right? And it's like it's just Harry James, you know, yeah. or, or like just just people in general. You feel like the hospitality of like the hunting community is like, yeah, I might not have any business being there, but like they're just so hospitable and so open, like have such open arms, like and that, I and I've seen that across the entire country, and mm-hmm. it's, it's been there's so many wonderful people out there. So many wonderful stories. Well, and that's why I am thrilled that AJ wanted to do this film on me because it's not, it should not be about me. Sure. Like it's, 
been part of my story, but considering 2020 and the, the, the roller coaster that that was, I hope through this film that people do see that the, the, the idea of community, you know what I'm saying? Like, the three of us haven't known each other that long, but yet and still we get in the woods and we find something in common and we make it work and we all have a dang good time. But then we get to Terry, we get to his dad, we get to Neil and everybody understood that what we're trying to do is accomplish something way bigger. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's um, what, yeah. I, think, I think that's what that was. That was also, I mean, Terry, Terry senior, uh, I mean, going there, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kinda, let's let's stay on him for a minute because we there's a lot kinda, to cover there. <laughs> kind of a joke that that his son kind of set him up for an interview, but uh, but that, I mean that that that's like that's the best kind of stories, the one that that are always they don't want to tell their story because mm-hmm. they don't feel like whether they don't feel like they have a story, or whether they don't feel like you know, they they need it to be told. Those are the ones that are holding so much in, and I think that. You know, it's like, it's like an egg. You know, once we once we just once we touch the surface and just crack crack it just a little bit, I mean, you couldn't shut them up. I mean, oh, yeah. we, we, we learned about we learned about the, the whole plantation they worked on and his livelihood of growing up and, and working and how he got into it, um, and then building on the the, the field trialing and the, the, the history behind the, the cabin that we were in. And uh, I mean, so much. Again, you asked me what I, what I think about Thomasville. It's like. You know, Thomasville and its surrounding areas, and specifically with, with, with Terry Seniors, like, you know, if you would have talked to this guy just like, you know, out on the random, not in the hunting scenario, you know, nice guy, yeah, but like when it's involved around the, the hunting and stuff like that, like, there's so much. Like, I, I feel like I just being with him for an hour was like nowhere near enough. Like, I could go there for a weekend and I would never cover the same topic and it would be so rich and so, uh, you know, so much there uh, with, with what he has to say, and that again, like, like Adam said, like that—that that is what that's what needs to be told, and that's what you know. Of course, we're telling your story, but like your story has to do with these all these other people that that make that make you you, and, and make you with, with your field trialing stuff and with your hunting stuff uh, that make it so you know whether it be enjoyable or just you know full of life and, and, and diversified. That I think is just Again, that's why I do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what was let let's 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 stick to so Terry Senior, Terry's dad. He was at Melrose Plantation. So that day, we got up. Like I said, we got a little late start. You know, y'all duck hunters, y'all be done by then. Um, <laughs> I could have got a duck hunt that morning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. What what was something that really stuck out to you about Melrose, man? Because we left with souvenirs, we went to see the kennels, like, and and there, were, you felt it there. But what was the thing that stuck out to you the most, Austin? I would say to me, uh, I mean, obviously the first thing on the surface is the, the just the beauty that it held, right? Whether it be you know it, it is older homes and and, and you know the little bit that I did see, you know, you got the entrance ways and then you got the, the dog kennels with the, 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 the whiskey barrels. I mean, those, that was like, that caught me so off guard, but I was like, again, how unique, right? You know, mm-hmm. they, they had whiskey barrels all lined up and that's what they made their, their dog crates out of. Um, and then we, you know, we go on and we see, you know, that, you know, a pond in the far left corner with the horses feeding. And I mean, it's like just, just the, 
my first impression, just like the, the, the beauty right off the bat was like truly breathtaking. Like for me, being from South Louisiana, we have plantations too, but it's, you know, we have oak trees and we have stuff like that, but I don't think we have near, near the numbers, but also just like the scenery with the, with the, with the you know, I don't want to say rolling hills, but you know, just the, the, the scenery and the vibe and the quietness. I mean, if, if we weren't talking, I mean, there was nothing that was to be heard, but the leaves and the trees. And, you know, I, I build on that. I, I thrive on it. I love that. And, you know, and then, you know, we go into the, we go into the building where all the memorabilia is with, with, the, with the field trial stuff. And, you know, it's, I don't know. It's, again, I know I keep saying it, but it's just so rich. I feel like I could spend a year there and, and not cover the same thing. And that was my first thing. I was like, you know, so for me, I was kind of, again, I, I was, I was filming, right? So I'm, you know, I'm seeing what I'm, I'm taking in my impressions, and I'm like, what stands out to me, and then I and then I try and interlay that within the camera. Mm-hmm. That's why I think this, this this project is so special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Adam, Adam. What you got, man? What what really resonated about well, Melrose? Man, just the history. Um, like like truly just the history of it all. Um, the way that Terry James Senior was able to like outline a marriage that took place in yep. like the 1800s yep. mm-hmm. um, of how the, in, in the history of each of the plantations and like the, uh, the history of like the owners. Um, like, I mean, he, he's a dog man. Right. And, mm-hmm. but he still knows like the history of all the owners um, and the history of the dogs and the history of the trials. And I mean, it, it just the amount, that is just ingrained into their minds um, and, and who they are. That is just the history of each of those plantations and of the Red Hills in general. Like everything that came out of his mouth was some sort of history. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what, what stuck out to me. Yeah. Um, as we said earlier, like whether it's the lineage of the dogs, the lineage of the plantations, and how, like, one person, one, one person or one couple got married and that was a plant. The plantation was given, was cut in half and given them as a wedding gift. And then that person, the husband died, but then they still gave the plantation. Like it, it, it was like this whole like roundabout history lesson. Like, I feel like, you know, Darrell, you're a teacher, you know, you could, you could easily teach a, a, a class for an entire semester on like a Thomasville plantation history. Dude, like, I could fill no a doubt. year's no curriculum. I could fill a year's Bro, curriculum there. Right. It's crazy. And, and you know, the, the money that is that like it, but the money that's down there, but the, like the amount that they cared about the dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. And in the, the connection, I, one thing that really stuck out to me, um, was like, the amount that Terry James Sr. and, and Terry James um, Jr. as well, like the identity that they have, um, that they like, they connect the, their own identity to like the plantation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like, you know, like he's a Melrose man, mm-hmm. you know, and they're talking like he's a Melrose man and he worked at Melrose Plantation his whole life. He's mm-hmm. like the Melrose dog man. Um, and that, that was, you don't see a lot of that in terms of like loyalty and, um, loyalty and like identity of, 
of who you are um, with such passion and, and, and pride anymore. Um, and so, so that was, that was, that was something that really stuck out. So I guess to answer your question in a roundabout way is like the history and um, the, the way people connect to, to, to where they, they are. Right. Absolutely. So let's move on to where Ter- Terry's at Nilo and we were able to, you know, we were able to run dogs there. And I think the conversation gets brought up a lot of the times that Adam, you and I, this is another conversation. We had a lot of conversations, dude. Um, this is a, mm-hmm. another one, another conversation that folks get into and, and it's our generation. It's almost like if you don't exclusively hunt public land, it's almost like frowned upon. You see what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. it, it's oh. it, in a weird, in a weird kind of way, like hunting public land is great. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It's awesome. But you know me, I'm type of dude. I'm going to take a, uh, I'm going to take an opportunity to go work my dogs on somewhere that's got, that's well managed. You know what I'm saying? Like any opportunity that I get a chance to go do that, I'm going to go do it. And Terry has, has been more than accommodating in regards to that. But then also, so is Neil. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be, possibly going to to help him guide a hunt, um, you know, in another week or so I'm hoping fingers crossed, but talk about Nilo, Adam, like, you know, what was, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So, so we, we, we have had a lot of really like great deep conversations. Um, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I agree on public land is great. And, and, and that's once again, that's how I, I, I experience and enjoy hunting is, is the most land. Um, but I'm not one to turn my head or, or, or to, to like turn my back on hunting on, on, on private land. And, and I, I think that it has such its own uh, character and its own value to, to hunting and birds um, privately. That, that public land will never have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you can see in the Red Hills uh, region, Albany is, you know, I, I went and double checked the stat, but it has uh, the highest density of quail population in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, within that, that Red Hills region. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's solely because it's all private landowners that care about the bird like care about the quail bird um and and care about managing the land in a way that is going to uh boost the numbers of 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 purely wild quail um and so you go into these areas and in your i mean you they refer to them as like hunting this course right Mm -hmm. and like it really is manicured like a freaking golf course um but they're wild birds and it is helping those birds flourish um, and they understand the importance of prescribed burning, and mm-hmm. they do it properly because they have the funds, they have the sort, the resources to doing it, mm-hmm. and they're not handcuffed by the government. Um, which you know, I, I I am not one to to, to draw a, a lot of uh, you know. I, I'm I'm just an apolitical person, yeah. um, but I do know that like within the government, there's always going to be more red tape oh, to get yeah. something done Absolutely. privately. Absolutely. Um, and so you go to a piece of public land and 
98% of the time, it's not as well managed as it should be. Um, you know, it's not like the textbook property, you know, land management because they just don't have the funding for it or, or they couldn't get you know, that red tape, uh, you know, figured out in time. Um, and so, but you go to these private pieces of land and I mean, it's immaculate and the, they're doing all, all of the things that any wildlife biologist would be telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. And, um, and you know, there's, I just truly think there's nothing wrong with, with private land is if it's, you know, if it's being, if it's being used to be managed properly and to help the bird populations as a whole, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm totally on board for it. And, and Thomasville is a, you know, you drive around that area, the Red Hills and in general, you're going to notice that like, holy shit, this is everything was like phenomenal quail cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you literally see it from the road. Like we were going, yeah. and I would I remember I would call Adam like as we were going. I, I'm not I would call Adam. I would call Austin, and and say, "Yo, like to our left, it's probably birds in there." You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's it's probably yeah. birds right in there. You know, and then it got you know what man? It got so crazy one time. I was when I first started hunting in Thomasville. I knew I was into something when I was about 40 miles outside of Thomasville and I had a, I had a hen quail fly close enough to the, tr- the windshield of my car and I was booking it down the, down the, the, the road. I had a hen quail fly close enough for me to number one, identify what it was, but number two, I'm 40 miles out of Thomasville. Like the numbers don't lie. When when I see stuff like that, you see I me. Mean, like, you don't just see quail just flying everywhere like that. Yeah. And I was and I called my wife and I said, "I'm in quail country. Like this is this is it, you know." And I'm I'm in Atlanta. Like there used to be quail up here. Mm-hmm. And because of just industrialization and, and kind of some of the things that I outlined in, in the interview, which folks will see, um, they're no longer here. You know, I think about the you know some old timers. They talk about Gwinnett County up here, like there were birds here. My my grandpa is ninety five years old, and he talks about with his English pointer, he's just walking the old fence rows in mm-hmm. Gwinnett County. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a, when he was a boy, and just shooting a limited quail and taking it home to my my great great grandmother for her to cook. Mm-hmm. Like that's talked about still to this day. Yeah. Um, you know, and and there's no way you can hunt quail in Gwinnett County now. Oh no! Oh no! No no! If I were to see a quail in Gwinnett County, I would probably try to save it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, so you know, going on, man. I mean, Terry came through and saved the day. He was like, "Look, let's 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 get these dogs and the birds. Like, let's let's really get these folks to show." And I I mean. How many flushed it that like that last push when you were when when you were doing the drone stuff, Austin? Oh, yeah. And you he, told me, I think I think he flushed like four or five coveys in a matter of like I don't know ten minutes. Ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, I, it, and and like I was just I was just doing like a drone I wanted to get not even on or not even it was just like you and the dog kind of working and. And, and, and hunting, you know, a general area. Yeah. And as soon as I, as soon as I, you know, by, by day two, right, by the end of that evening, I had enough, enough knowledge, you know, like, 
like when these dogs stop, I know that means something, right? And mm-hmm. like I saw that from my drone, and I was like, you know, oh shit! I, I think I actually got like you shooting into a covey, and you know, on on drone, which was like, you know, that that just goes to show you. I mean, it doesn't matter like where you go, and and again, that I, me being green to it, I didn't even expect that, but like that's totally not, you know, it it, it was not. Uh, how do I want to say this? Like that was that was normal, right? Like like mm-hmm. it, it was totally normal for you to like, yeah, right over there. I yeah, maybe maybe not, but there's a good chance that I'm gonna flush a covey out of there. Like mm-hmm. and, and you jump you jump four or five again. In a matter of I had the drone up in the air the, the whole time. And yeah, the you drone you could fly for twenty minutes, you know. Mm-hmm. So with with it, twenty minutes or less, you had flush four or five coveys. Uh, and again, I think that I just attest to the the, the well manicured management of uh, of Nilo. Uh, specifically, but also uh, of these private properties that uh, they put so much into it that um, it, it just it, 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 it's a it's a flourishing environment for uh, quail, and, and I think that that's awesome that they they care that much about it and they they um, they're, they're able to be successful with it. Which I think again, I'll say this very lightly because it's a whole other discussion in itself. I plan with 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 attention to waterfowl. Um, I, I really don't think it's like that. I, I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because of competition or because of what it's because. But but to see, uh, you know, guys like Terry to put so much uh, of their of their lifestyle, I guess you would say, into you know the outdoors, but in, into the management of the quail of, of the property and the, the the burning, which was so so unique and cool for me to learn. Um, I, I think that's just, that's that's really awesome. You know especially to see an experience, especially for the first time. All right. I want to talk about a first time. I'm going to talk about the first shot out of that AYA shotgun. Um, and I'm going to throw a little shot at Austin because he definitely tried to play me like I was going to, like I was going to miss my first shot on a wild Bob White quail uh, with that 410. So, I uh, I just want to say thank you, AYA. Guys, go get yourself an AYA. The reason I was able to knock that bird down is because it fits so well. Um, it was, it is, not it was, it is a custom fit, fine shotgun, definitely coming out of Ebar, Spain. I was really thrilled to have it for this film. So check out AYA, guys. And then also go and, and, and stay up to date on the scholarship that we have with um, Trinity Bretons, Minority Outdoor Alliance and Trinity Bretons. It's coming together for a bird dog scholarship for a junior or senior um, undergraduate uh, collegiate student. And uh, we are actually gonna do an episode on on that. Like Josh is going to uh, be on an episode and we're gonna get on and, and chat a bit about more in detail because um, we wanna make sure that we continue the tradition so for more details guys just reach out to me um, or Josh Ryder at Trinity Bretons uh, Trinity Kennels and uh, we can get you more information on that I want to kind of keep this particular segment short but um, yeah man stay tuned and here's the rest of the episode as a waterfowler man what what is it about it that makes it so different? Like you've been hunting waterfowl a long time, just listening to you talk about ducks. Like 
Dude, I can tell you, I ain't, I ain't shot but a handful of ducks in my life, and I own a lab. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, my first one was a redhead up in Kansas, and <laughs> everything else has been wood ducks. Like, I've never shot a greenhead, never shot any of that stuff that you would Terry. And Terry, funny enough, is a duck man. Yeah. Dude, he's like, yeah, he is. He's he, and, and y'all clicked on that, you know what I'm saying, on that front. But like, I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. And 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 so many of my listeners are are probably gonna hate me for saying this. And Austin, you, you maybe you understand where I'm coming from. But duck hunting seems way more. It's not like friendly competition. It comes off like you know what I'm saying. Like quail hunting, it field trialing. We we it, it's competitive, but it, it, it as far as that stuff. But it seems kind of like way more. It's not as relaxed. You know what I'm saying. Um, hang on one second. Austin dropped out. Hang on one second. What's up? Hang on. I'm bringing you in. Hang hey, on. Sorry about that. All good. Hang on. Okay, y'all there? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Sorry about that. So no. you were saying, so you, you cut off at the, you said, so what is it, the difference with something with waterfowl? Yeah, yeah, like waterfowl seems so much more intense. Like it, it's, like whale hunters, we're, we're a serious bunch of people, but waterfowling is kind of like, it's it's almost like a race. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think that, uh, yeah, like a little bit more fast pace. I mean, I, I can totally see where you're coming from there. It's just, uh, Again, if you're looking at this from, from this perspective, it'd be a little bit more of a detailed perspective. That, that, that uh, you know, that, I think there's a, lo- a lot more variables into. Uh, and again, this is this is <laughs> this is me being a waterfowl. Yeah. There's a lot more variables in waterfowl that 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 that, that has to come together to be successful. Uh, you know, for instance, now I'm on my way to the park now, so you know, you know, we're loading the boat. You know, we're going, you know, we're getting up at 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. We're going through decoys. We already had somebody scout. We already had somebody build a blind. We took all day today. Like, you know, putting all the pieces in a row uh, just to get, you know, some a, a, a shot of some ducks. I mean, that's, that's, there's a little bit more, I guess, drive behind it. There's a little bit more one, you know, but, but again, it's the argument can be made for Upland too. I mean, hell, you drive from Atlanta all the way to Thompson, you know, to, to flush one cubby and you think that's a good day. no I'm just kidding <laughs> no like but, seriously that's a uh, that's a good day for me like, <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean like, yeah. like one or two cubbies for you and like but you know your dogs are playing you're getting good dog work like that, that's awesome that you have that drive you yeah. know but for me I mean if, yeah if you truly ask me what I drive you know two and a half three hours for for one or two birds you know them being upland birds probably not but then here I am I'm on a three-hour drive uh, southeast point of Louisiana to, to, to shoot some ducks, you know, and I've already had, you know, luckily I've had a buddy of mine build us a line and scout the birds, and I didn't have to do that legwork, but, you know, we, we still have to, you know, play the wind right, make adjustments the next morning, and, and throw our decoys and make sure, you know, ABC is in line so that, that, that it can come together. So uh, I think, you know, I think there's arguments on both sides of the spectrum, but, again, it, 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 it's uh, – I think it's what connects us all is that whether you want to be successful or not, uh, there's definitely going to be a lot that goes into, you know, the upland side of things and a lot of things that, that, that go into, into the waterfowl side of things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay. So 
as we near the tail end of the podcast, because I, I can talk all day about this stuff. And I said I was only going to hold y'all for an hour. Um, <laughs> and we are we are rounding an hour and seven. I want y'all's opinions on the dogs because written and I ask because and y'all are the. Y'all are the second folks that have hunted with Ann or seen her run. Um, my buddy Josh Ryder, Trinity uh, Trinity Bertans, he was actually with me when I picked her up. But out of all the dogs, what did, what did y'all think? Adam, let's start with you this time. Um, man. Um, I, I think Vegas is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but Ann has... You have two completely different dogs, mm-hmm. um, but Anne has some an air about her. Um, it's almost like mysterious, but she like when when she locks up on a point, it looks like she's in pain. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like I love that. Like it's so intense, and she's she is running a million miles an hour out there, but she looks so calm. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a a calming effect um, that she has out there, um, which you don't get a lot of, like from a lot of pointers. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Vegas is a bit more hard headed. um, And, and, you know, there's as, as hunting, anybody that trains hunt dogs, like, you know, sometimes like you, you with a hard headed dog, you gotta, um, you gotta, you know, you gotta get on them. Yeah. Right. You, get, um, you know, I think Anne is a bit more soft, mm-hmm. um, in terms of being able to take the disciplining and, and even, um, you know, seeing the, like seeing you discipline Vegas, she like kind of shut down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, for a little bit, but you know, that's just her, being a softer dog and that was that was it like i i loved i loved hunting you know with anna and watching her her peacefully run through the field and then like locking up on birds so intently like man i have these photos that i haven't sent to you yet and i was hoping that i was gonna be able to send to you before this podcast yeah <laughs> holy shit dude i mean it, she is locked really like locked and you can just see like all of the all of her muscles, just like in, in a still photo. I feel that you can still see them quivering. Um, and I can't and wait. The, the tail just like straight, like twelve o'clock tail, like beautiful. So mm-hmm. uh, at Vegas is great. Don't get me wrong, I love Vegas. Vegas, yeah. is Vegas. Is um, but Anne's the one that really stuck out to me. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. What about you, uh, Austin? Well. I would, I would love to have a very thorough answer for you on this one. But with respect, I, I think that uh, my whole life has been around uh, Labrador retrievers. I, I have an imported British lab myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started with gun dog work. I got into diabetic alert dog stuff with, 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 a, with a really good friend of mine, basically my brother. Uh, I didn't know that. Okay. Actually, oh, yeah. We want to we wanna pull... Uh, Nonprofit organization out of New Orleans, United States Veterans Service Dogs, where we uh, we train PTSD dogs for yeah. uh, public mitigation and PTSD. So all of, all of my life has been Labrador treatment. Send me uh, so send me that I, information I, I when you get a chance too. I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just so I, I don't feel like I, 
again, I'm, I'm so green to it. Again, with me being my first experience with everything from the hunt to the dogs to the training to the, the atmosphere and the, and the hunting alone. Um, I don't think it, you know, I don't think I have much of an opinion as far as the, the right to voice my opinion on, on, on what I think the dogs did right or wrong, because I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to do right or wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with that being said, but, uh, I, what I, what I did see is the dedication that I put into my dog and that, that, that we put in our dog in, in whatever training environment that we're in, um, with whatever dog we have, I could see that relationship between you and Vegas and, 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 and with you and Ann, mm-hmm. um, which I think is important. A, a lot of people, whether they have dogs that were trained by other people and just get them and just, you know, you know, again, we, we all have a different opinion on, on how dogs are treated and, and what they're what they're what they're used for. But for me, um, they, they're they're more than just a tool. You know, they're they're, mm-hmm. they're I, I I don't hunt anymore to kill birds and and, and and to have that satisfaction of pulling the trigger. I hunt for my dog. Like that that's what that's what I everything I do the scouting the building blinds the, the, everything I hunt for my dog and. I think you, you actually took those words from me. I, I think I heard you say it a couple of times. Like you make the drive, you put in the work, you put in the dedication, or, you know, you take those offers on private land, mm-hmm. you know, to get your dog's work, right? So I, what I saw was the dedication and the drive that you had that, that kind of intermingled with the, with the, 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 the dogs themselves, um, you know, their, their, their pedigrees, their great pedigrees and their background. Um, those two kind of, joint relationships uh, that that was amazing to see especially from a different set you know a different set of eyes me not being an upland guy but i could still see it um, that was that was important for me and that, that that's what i thought okay okay and i appreciate it man i mean it for me it's about the team you know and i and i like um like you guys man i started with my lab you know and so it was a bit of a learning curve <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Up until I met Neil, man, I, I was just doing this on my own. You know, and and even Adam, shoot, man, Ruger hunted, you know, like your dog did. Yeah. Just, you know what I'm saying? He's he just out there flushing birds. And I think it's important to be to 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 acknowledge the fact that all of us are very experienced hunters, you know, up and up until this point in time with with a number of years, a varied number of years um under our belts and you just get to the point where like killing ain't the thing i mean even hunting with a 410 i mean as funny as as many jokes and stuff as we made for me it's i i wanted to get a 410 and i'm so glad aya is 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 sponsoring this film matter of fact um and they gave me the gun um in honor of this film and in honor of southern quail hunting Dude, I I wanted to make my make the hunt more challenging. You know what I'm saying? Like it meant a lot to me. Yeah, (laughs) I mean sometimes nature got to win, man. Sometimes they just got to win, and 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 not everybody has to be that way. Of course, like everybody, Adam, to your point, everybody hunts differently. Everybody experiences in their own way. But for me. You know, being able to get out there and 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 try my hardest to make sure that all the variables line up, you know, um, and even knowing that push and pull, you know, on that bird that I knocked down, 
you know, Austin, I, I, I asked you for that film because, shoot, man, just like a football team, bro, I got to review the film. You know what I'm saying? And I left nervous like, dang, man, did Vegas, because Vegas has a thing about flagging when he wants to and not flagging when, you know what I'm saying? He just, he does, he does, yep. he does, he does, he does. And there's that push and pull like, okay, do I get on him about it? Or do I just observe the dog and sit here and say, okay, no. And I and that's what I, when, when I looked at that film, I was like, okay, no, Vegas, in his defense, them birds were running. Those birds ran from one patch to where yeah. he stopped yep. Yep. and moved to the other patch. Yeah, and the fact that he relocated himself, that, that was that was awesome. Yeah. And he locked up. So, cause I was, I, I, all I remembered was, and, and it's hard to kind of go scene by scene by scene when you got a gun in your hand trying to shoot wild birds or getting up. But I noticed he, okay, he went, relocated himself. Ruger actually came right back to my, I didn't say anything to those dogs. All I said was, oh, there we go. You know what I'm saying? Um, Ruger went and did his job, came right back to my heel and just stood to end the film. You see him standing there. Mm-hmm. You know that to me was like the def- it was a defining moment for me, not for the kill, but without me saying anything to three dogs, and was Lord knows where she was because she'd be about four, five, six hundred <laughs> yards somewhere else because yeah. she got lost at a point and went and found some duck hunters somewhere else. But um, you know she, I mean, to be able to quietly and silent as best as you can silently hunting those dogs do what they need to do and they know their job you know that's why when we were walking in them woods terry told me he's like darrell you need to get on your dog man because terry knows my dogs know what they're supposed to do you know yeah yeah and you cannot take or accept anything below the standard adam you know that you grew up with the standard you know what I'm saying? And so that that's just something that I thought was really cool. And it was a special moment for me um, in that film. So, you know, I'm just, man, honestly, I was so excited to to to, to have such a great weekend with y'all, man. We we got to do that again. We, yeah, we got to get out there. No doubt about that. Yep. Um, now, I do want to say, and I want to acknowledge this, two acknowledgments I want to make. Um, Adam, you got a new dog, don't you? Yeah, oh, I am yeah, picking them up when I'm done with the trip. I got a, a Prince Brittany from Buckley Creek Kennels in, in Iowa. And yeah, man, I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be great. Name Paul, P A W L. I thought that was slick. I thought yeah, that I was slick, Paul, man. Paul, like Paul with a W. Paul, Paul with a W. That's silly. That's silly. Well, it was like them Georgia boys with their two names. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you ain't too far away, man. You in Louisiana, so. <laughs> we got a little bit more Cajun in that country, though. <laughs> yeah, there you go. A little, little more spice to it. That's all. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Well, the second thing, in, in light of Anne, let's, let, I wanted to, I thought y'all might think this was kind of cool as far as field trialing. So the Florida All-Age Championship is, is going on, like, now, as we speak. Um, and they're callbacks. So the dogs will run. You know, they'll run their braces and there's a whole bunch of I can't remember how many is in this particular trial. Um, I can find out later. But, you know, they filter through those dogs and basically the best of the best come back. They call them back to run again 
you know, and then that's kind of like the the semifinals per se. Well, Ann's dad, her sire, Miller's blind sider, made the callbacks. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, man. So as it's going, and I'm looking at the sheet now, um, Warren Kennels posted it today, and I screenshot it. But so the first brace is Dominator's Rebel Air, who actually I'm trying, I, I, I'm praying that I get a chance to breed and two. Um, once I breed her to Vegas, I want to breed her to Dom- Dominator's Rebel Air. But um, so the first brace, Dominator's Rebel Air. Uh, versus Lester's Storm Surge. Okay, and as Jamie Daniels handling um, Rebel Air. The second brace is Night Moon and Miller's Stray Bullet. The third one, which is this this dog I was also really interested in breeding and too, if I can't get to Rebel Air, Dogwood Bill versus Touches Gallatin Fire. The fourth brace is Dominator's Rebel Rogue and Chinkapin Legacy. Very, very good dog. One in Florida dogs. The fifth brace is Touches Mega Mike versus uh, Miller's Unfinished Business. And the sixth brace is where we at. The last brace is Miller's Blindsider versus uh, the 2020 champion Lester's Speed Dial. Um, oops, I'm sorry. That wasn't that wasn't the champion. That was Miller's Blindsider versus Lester Speed Dial. Miller's Speed Dial was the, uh, the, the champion last year. So, and that's interesting. I wonder... I wonder if Gary Lester bought Speed Dial from Mr. Miller. That's interesting, huh? Because ain't no other dog on the circuit named Speed Dial. I'd like to look that up. But anywho, I'm glad that uh, that Miller's Blindsider made the callbacks because that just gives me a whole lot more hope about my own dogs. That's definitely an accomplishment itself to you know, definitely, definitely, like you said, it gives you confidence in the bloodline that you chose, which uh, I think, again, connecting this, you know, not, not to connect this to, to Waterfront Upland, but but that, even that, there's there's another similarity. You know, mm-hmm. what, 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 whether what dog breed or, or, or what, um, the, the main thing I look at it is, is bloodline. And, and, and where, you know, I think any good dog trainer would tell you, especially in the waterfowl industry, is if you want a good dog, obviously you can't choose it as a puppy, right? So what's your next next option? is pick some badass parents, you know? So that's awesome. That's good to hear. Congrats on that. And, uh, you know, like you said in the beginning of the podcast, hopefully I can, I can make it down again, not only for, for the black handler field trial, but also just, uh, just another hunt, another good weekend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, guys, give me two, two more seconds of your time. My neighbor told me my door just came open my front door. Hang on one second. I guess we had some wind and it blew my door open. Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, man, like it's about the pedigrees, man. I mean, it, it's about a whole lot of things, but being able to proof your dogs and stuff like that, that's just something that's really important. Um, and I don't know, like I, I'm, I'm really excited about this film. Um, my last question, you know, Austin, you know, you, 
you're running the ship. What, uh, is there anything that we didn't cover that folks should expect coming from this film? Anything that we didn't cover that folks should expect from this film? I th- I, honestly, I think we had all the points. Again, I, I just want to stress for me, again, I, I think, uh, and Adam, I think, can attest to this, that, that everybody, whether you're behind a, a whether you're behind a, uh, a firearm or whether you're behind a, a camera hit the shutter button and uh, recording or whatnot. Uh, everybody experiences the outdoors in a different way. Um, and I think again, not, not, not to chew my own horn at this, but I think where I excel in my, in my work is that uh, whenever things are thrown at me that, you know, you're not expecting or, you know, they're, you know, Oh wow. I didn't know that was about to happen. Or, you know, there is more history than I thought, you know, I kind of subconsciously automatically kind of process, I, I, you know, I, I take it in, I process it and, and I, I'm, I'm very good at kind of putting behind the lens and putting on my sister and, and, and recording it and making it happen in the way that I saw it, the way that I really, truly the way I felt it. Right. So mm-hmm. I think what's important that I, I would really like viewers to, 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 to see with this video is that, you know, like we talked about on the podcast, the dog work and the, the, the very people that we've met and the, the, the atmosphere of Thomasville, uh, the, the rich society and the rich history, historic background that Thomasville has to offer, uh, you know, all of those things correlated and, and thrown into one, uh, I think is going to make for a special film. And I think that seeing it, you know, yeah, you see it kind of how I saw it, but also you'll be able to experience this film, you know, in whatever way that you experience it which I think will be cherished by, you know, not only the everybody, you know, that was a part of the film, but all, all the viewers alike, mm-hmm. uh, which I really think you'll, I really think you'll like, and I really think the viewers would like. So I'm excited definitely to, uh, to see, you know, again, I, I was the one that captured it. I, I'm not the one editing it. So that's going to be a whole nother, mm-hmm. you know, dive in on, on how, how the editor takes it and makes it his own. Right. So it's, it's kind of all these inner workings that, you know, you and, and, and Neil and, and, and Terry and I and, and Adam and, you know, the dogs and, you know, the history. And again, all of these things combined into one, I think it's just going to make a very, very special, special video in the end. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I thank you for getting out there and sticking out there with me, man, and, and really walking through the unknown. I mean, the trip in and of no itself doubt. was indicative of literally how quail hunting is. I mean, you just walking through the unknown and, what we get in the end is what we get in the end. <laughs> yep. So, oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. it, yeah. was, it was definitely eye opening, and I, I, I can't say that I, I would do it again. I, I think I, I think there's a little, you know, just like a duck hunter, you know, when when those when those when, when those ducks finally you know commit fully to everything that you did, kind of pays off. And and I experienced that with the upland hunting on my on my first time, you know. So I was like. You know, we'd walk, you know, I don't know. For me, it felt like 20 miles, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure it was four No, we walked a while. I think it was, we, we we covered about 11 miles, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we walk, and, we, and as soon as we flush that covey, it's like the same feeling I get, you know, when everything comes together in a duck hunt. I got that feeling just, again, subconsciously. It's like, it's like you know, that, that to me is just what was so awesome about the experience in itself. And, and I think all that put behind the lens and put behind everybody's experiences. I think it's going to be a special. 
I think so. I think so. Adam, let's let's wrap wrap us on up, man. Take it take us home. Oh man. Oh man, I, I think it's gonna be a great film. I'm super excited and, and I feel so fortunate to to have been a, a part of it. Um and and meet two the the two of you guys and um, you know, call you guys now have great friends and, and Terry James and, and Aaron and Terry James Senior and people and um you know, it it just is. It's so great to see the community and and growing together, and um, we all just support each other. And and I think that if there's anything that that comes out of this is you know, is, I don't care what you what you think about the the video, the quality of the video, which is very very hot, or, or the story. I just hope that everybody respects each other and um and and cares and supports each other in, in their pursuit. Yep. Um, in the outdoors and that's really that all that matters to me absolutely absolutely well guys that's that's another episode of the gun dog notebook man we we got it done and we got a film coming up um i actually don't have a date on when it will be uh produced but that's not really uh it's not necessarily the most important thing in the world. Just know it's coming and it's going to be dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, I think we're four or five months out from, from, from release. But, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a good one. And, and, and thank you, Darrell. Thank you for, you know, uh, breaking me into the upper world. <laughs> and, 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 you know, uh, I think I told you this too, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm almost glad you and I didn't have a conversation about what I was supposed to expect. Cause, you know, just being thrown in the mix and, 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 having those challenges face, you know, right then and there, mm-hmm. you know, it's better for me. So I don't have to think about it. Right. Just do it. You know? So yes, sir. Uh, thank you for everything you did. And it kind of, you know, enlightened me on, 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 on quite a few things that I didn't know about. Not only, not only the upland side of things, but, uh, but, but Thomas, Thomasville as well. Well, thank you for, for sticking in there with me and, and actually getting down and really, man, one thing I got to say, and, and, and Adam and I talked about this, too man you are patient dude it took a lot of patience to get through that so thank you um i i I definitely want to say thank you for that well guys we are gonna wrap it up you know don't don't feel don't feel uh don't feel discouraged about sending me cool photos about the moment down there you know i can't (laughs) wait to see (laughs) yeah i'll I'll definitely have them to you tomorrow no, no, no rush man no oh, no, rush. dude, they're already edited. I just gotta get, I have to like press the link, dude. I'm so, I'm stoked about it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't well, wait. Well, Jim. All right, Darrell. Thank you all for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for your time, y'all man. Be careful. Thank you down there. Okay. Oh. Oh. All right, guys. Talk to y'all soon. All right. Later. Have a great time, man. You too. Bye. Okay, guys. So, I uh, I want to bring I want to wrap this podcast up with some thoughts that I've had um, recently, particularly in having you know two pointers now with with two different 
you know, average ranges on them. Where Vegas has a habit or stays about two, 300 yards and is a little bit bigger running dog. She'll touch four or five, even 600 yards. And she, she does that, you know, well, she recalls well and does everything the way I like her to, but you know, I, um, the thought came up as I'm reading this uh, Georgia, Florida field trial club uh, book that was, uh, was written. It was published in, in, in two, let's see, 2016. Yep. 2016. Um, and so it's from 1916 to 2016 celebrating hundred years worth of history. And, you know, down here in the Piney Woods, you have to you have to hunt it a certain kind of way. Um, and you need a certain kind of dog for it. Um, just like anywhere else. You know, you need a dog that that cater to the type of terrain that you can hunt. But I like what was written in this book. Um I I I like what was written in this book um because it details you know, range and, and what they're looking for, you know, to hunt these plantations, you know, competitively. So I want to, it's on page 39 and 40. I'm going to read you this. Check this out. The February field trial celebrates these plantation hunting traditions. It seeks for its three winners, ideal plantation shooting dogs, with great noses attested by bird finding style and perfect manners proved by being steady to wing shot and backing on sight and easy handling always to the front. No yelling range to fit the terrain and the cover and uncommon bird sense mark the winners. How the trial standards different. This is, this isn't cool right here. Um, this is what I thought was cool. How the trial standards differ from American field all-age shooting dog trials is best explained by telling how they are the same. Same expectations for nose, style, manners, and hunting pattern. Only range differs and noise level from handlers. Other trials glorify extreme range, but the owner's trial does not. It glorifies the range required to get the dog quickly to the next available covey on the course. The difference between great pointing dogs, field trial, or gun dog is mostly a matter of the jobs they're asked to do and train for. The gene pool is identical, and one will not find a decent gun dog that does not trace within a few generations to multiple trial winners. It's a poorly kept secret that the same bird dog breeders who supply field trial pros supply dogs for shooting dog for for the shooting dog, or I'm sorry. It's, it's a poorly kept secret that the same bird dog breeders who supply field trial pros supply dogs for the shooting plantations, often from the same litters. The dog men and women who work on club members plantations are among the best. They polish their gun dogs the same way they polish dogs they train for American field sanctioned trials. Their task with gun dogs is a bit tougher for it is truly hard to keep a spirited dog steady to shot when seeing birds fall. Still, they do it, and these are the dogs that win or place in the owner's trial. That is about all the differences from a dog standpoint. The other differences are in a way superficial, but but on reflection, deeply meaningful. They do have to do with deportment and pageantry. So that was from, you know, 
there. And I really like the way that they broke that down. Um, because yeah, like you extreme range is, is great, you know, but does it fit the terrain? And I like my dogs. I think I have fairly, you know, fairly large, big running dogs for down here for the most part. Um, particularly in the piney woods. I mean, after 200 yards, your dog is lost. Um, you know, and that's predominantly where I'm hunting at. Um, so then you have this other piece from uh, from Stride Away, from Chris Mathen's Stride Away website by Alvin Nichman, uh, a discussion of range and pointing dogs. And there was a there was a, a big, you know, there's a, there, there's just a piece that I want to kind of take you guys through um, as well. So. It says the distance a finished dog ranges from his handler is determined by heredity, environment, the dog's speed and gait, training, and the cover or terrain he is hunting. Heredity is a big factor in the range of dogs. A knowledgeable student of bloodlines can predict the natural range of some puppies once they've grown enough to gain their strength. Certain strains of pointers and setters breed fairly true as to range. Some are wide, some are or some are wide, almost to the fault of bolting. Others short or somewhere between the two extremes. I like that. You know, um, I think that's a very, very, very crystal clear explanation of, you know, how to define that and where, where that range is coming from. That was something that, you know, looking at and, you know, I, I was thrilled to have, I, I am thrilled to have her, um, you know, on my string and, and, and here for breeding after a while, because I knew I wanted a dog that was going to be able to get out a little bit, a, a, just a little bit further, you know, um, and, and a dog that had a little bit more motor. And I, and I, had, I guess law of attraction, I spoke it up. I got the two, the two uh, bloodlines and and that I really, really wanted Miller and rebel. Um, so that's just something that, you know, comes up. And so I'm, I'm, curious to start curious and excited to start working on you know working these two dogs together over summer and 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 calibrating them to me and you know really you know Vegas is two now and it'll be too soon you know really we rocking and rolling at this point you know they're they're they I'm sure they're still learning yes and they haven't peaked by no stretch but you know, for the most part, handling Vegas at least is is pretty smooth sailing. Handling Ruger at least is still very much so smooth sailing. You know, and it's she's getting to be smooth sailing. Um, and that's just putting her on the ground and not putting a whole lot of pressure on her and and getting to her. Now, the thing about the call and you know, I and you'll see in this film, but I I sing to my dogs and I like to throw my voice through the woods. You know, so that's the the difference between even the black handler's trial and the owner's trial is there's some, there's a good bit of singing, you know, to, to have your dog come and go with you. And that's just a difference in preference, you know, and I, I like to do it. it. Makes me feel connected to my dog actually, um, to both of them, you know, while we're out there. Um, and I like to see how smart they are. Honestly, just, I like to see him try to figure out how to navigate me through singing and, and pinpoint me through the woods. You know, if they need to get back to me or we change in direction, I like to see that. So, you know, there is a, 
there's more on range and, and gate and things like that and, and all of that. But I just thought those two pieces um, were interesting as I continue to dissect uh, the history of Georgia, of the Georgia, Florida, you know, field trial community and plantation community, um, a community that I've just really, really, really grown to be very attached to as far as bird dogs. Um, you know, and every, every time I go down, I, I just, it gets more and more fun. So anyway, um, guys, make sure, you know, on the, on the, on the tail end of this podcast, guys, I just want to encourage you all to go and get project upland volume two issue four. Um, I've got a piece in there, like I said, a new hat and then get the new hunting dog confidential fall 2020, uh, issue one, uh, volume one. I, uh, highly encourage you to do that. And, I uh I think I got some surprises down the pipeline for Hunting Dog Confidential, so we'll see. But anywho, um I've got some new articles coming out and uh I'm looking I'm trying to get started on writing a Garmin Pro five fifty plus uh review. And I'm also, you know, going to give Alpha Dog Nutrition a shot for supplements. I'm kinda you know testing out supplements on my dogs and see what I like. You know, I was using elements nutrition last time. Um, and before, you know, before I keep going with it, I want to see how alpha dogs, I've heard a lot of good things about them. So, you know, I got some here. Um, I think I have a the bundle. So I have a resurgence, free range, balance, and vitality yes yeah so i'm gonna try them um you know and kind of just over over uh the next few weeks you know let you guys hear about it and i'll even have uh joe over uh over alpha dog i'll have him on the podcast as well so you know stay tuned for that guys and uh you know, to all my sponsors, you know, Onyx Hunt, Yuganuba Sporting Dog, AYA Firearms, uh, Trinity Kennels, um, my affiliates, Garmin, uh, Garmin Fishing Hunt, uh, Dakota 283 Kennels, um, you know, Cable Gangs, everybody that's working with me, check them out, guys. You know, use those promo codes that I, that I, that I put on. Uh, in the intros and things like that. Check them out. Um, I I would not stand behind anything that I don't believe in. So, you know, I would not endorse anything that I don't believe in, um, particularly for my dogs, um, especially. So with that being said, guys, I hope y'all have a wonderful weekend. Like I said, y'all just I'm trying to get this 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 regularly getting back on a regular schedule with my podcast. I know it gets a little wonky. Um, this being a double dad thing is, you know, it catches up to me from time to time. So I'm thinking it might be smarter to publish every Saturday, um, every Saturday morning or something like that. Um, or Saturday. I think that'll, that, that'd be kind of cool. Um, you know, any event we might, might even, you know, you might even catch me, in the middle of a hunt or something like that or or, or before a hunt um, and I can record there because I, I actually 
can take my phone to the woods and I got I can I can hook my 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 Yeti microphone up to my phone and record like that so I might can do some uh some in the moment recording you know if I think about it during training day and things like that all right guys well I will catch y'all in the week ahead and I hope you enjoyed it you know some of my thoughts like I said just taking some excerpts out my gun dog notebook and some thoughts out of there and and sharing it with y'all all right thank y'all for supporting um and I will see y'all next week <laughs>